Mini episode 654 of the FDH Lounge is brought to you by Sportsology, delivering unconventional columns and webcasts about sports, TV, music, movies, and more. Follow them on the web at sportsology.com. The FDH Lounge. You want to schedule your life around it. A long time ago, on a gloomy, wet Cleveland spring night, two men stand alone amidst the late night drizzle. Their voices echo across the vacant station parking lot as they debate the merits of the great American radio show that have been missing for far too long. On that night, an idea was born. That idea became the FDH Lounge. Welcome to the FDH Lounge. Hello, everybody. Welcome to FDH Lounge mini episode number 654. Rick Morris and Kyle Ross, your favorite pigskin talkers anywhere. Talking NFL Week 14 with you, and uh, you may be able to discern from how we're sounding here this week, live and in person doing this as we are replenishing a little bit of our Royal Rumble series while we're at it here. So not doing this one over the phone lines. Kyle is over here at Casa de Riquiel. Welcome, as always, to the humble abode, my friend. As I as I say this to you belatedly after we've already taped some Rumble stuff, I am a poor host indeed. Yeah, and this is a hard <laughs> right turn from talking about early 2000s Royal Rumbles to 2015 football. What's booked NFL? What's booked worse? Uh, <laughs> I think Roger Goodell's NFL okay, is sometimes gotcha. booked yeah, worse gotcha. than the NFL I mean, in a lot well, of cases. Well, I'll tell you what, it was booked well okay for us last week. We did okay, didn't we? We did indeed. We did indeed. 10-6 and six on all of the games for me, 2-1 and one on my big three, 1-0 and all on my... Thousand star gold plated lock of the millennium for NFL Week 13. So for the year, yeah, which was, uh, which was, uh, oh, so I, 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 don't remember. I remember what it was. I'll tell you, it was Green Bay. Yeah, so that was, yeah, you got all those a thousand stars in there, didn't you, buddy? I texted you right after the game. I said, never forget that I had that game the whole effing way. So uh, <laughs> I got that one. Some, you know what's funny is I wound up taking Green Bay. Uh-huh. I didn't give it out. I didn't give it out. Not my, here, but uh, uh, here. But I took. Elsewhere. I took it. I took it um, personally. And I cursed your name for 58 minutes. <laughs> I was like, that fucking road favorite, Ricky. That's what you get for going against me. That's yeah. what you get. Yes. Well, in the, end, in the end, you won. So that is yes. what you get. You, you win by going along with me. For the year on all my plays, 103, 85, and 4, I can now afford two 7 and 9 weeks along with a pair of 8 and 8 weeks mm. to be profitable for the year. It is within reach. 52.4% for the year is within reach, Kyle Ross. That is uh, unheard of, I'd say. Well, I mean, I've done it before, haven't I? Uh, well, you, 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 you're always like around sixty percent on your selections here. This yes. is well, that's now, because, yeah, and I will give you credit. You do as you love, as you so yeah, uh, eloquently pointed out last week. Pick all the games. All the I games. Don't, yes, where oh, if I did it your way, <laughs> as I well, believe you said, where where I do it your way with my big three every week. I'm nineteen and twenty. Yes, yeah, so. I am six and seven on my lock picks for the millennium every week of the season. Here, you last week at four and three, uh, looking to have uh, a season uh, once again here as you always have in the black. Thirty nine, thirty five, and one for the year. That's it. Yeah. Oh boy, I should be doing better. Well, you were coming off the oh, the previous yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, that is and, uh, true. Yes, no, yes. So that was a real dog, back. baby. Those were some bad picks. <laughs> you know, I liked my picks last week, and I'll say this. You could have done even better last week, but remember when you start, how you started out last week's show? Oh, this is the week to back Kyle, folks. Yeah. And then we, had, we differed on three games last week. Right. I was right on two of them, I believe. I Tennessee, believe Jacksonville. Yeah. A wild affair, surprisingly. Right. It was a fun game to watch. I actually watched a lot of it because I was like, 
<laughs> I really wanted, like, it, I really, because I had Tennessee, so I wanted to win everybody. I, I really wanted to win despite you. I didn't want to have to come on this program and hear you talk shit about me taking the Titans again. You love the Titans. <laughs> yes. But, and then there was, you were, you got me on the Bengals-Browns. Oops. Yep. Uh, the Browns. But I think I made up for that with a, you know, a, a, a very fundamentally sound win by the Philadelphia Eagles thanks to three non-offensive scores beating the New England Patriots. That was fun. So uh, I'm excited about this week. Once again, I got seven picks, and this is one of those cards that comes about every once in a while where it's like I either immediately knew who I liked or I immediately knew I wasn't taking the game. So, again, I'm, I'm picking a lot of games for you, Ricky, about okay. half. And for me, they were easy. They were either... No thank you, or I definitely like this side. And I'll tell you what, you're not going to like a lot of the sides I liked. Okay. Well, uh, a Nor lot of the these... public, I'll tell you that much. But you know me. If there's one group of people I have no regard for. <laughs> the public. <laughs> <laughs> not exactly uh, advocating for the 99% there, Kyle Ross. But okay. Uh, I have to say, I, in looking at this week's card, because of the spreads on several games, a lot of them were tough for me. The first one was very tough for me because I know who I like to win the game. But uh, I, I found that to be the case on a lot of these ones, and uh, I guess that's where we start. Thursday night on the NFL Network, it is the 8-4 and four Vikings at the 10-2 and two Cardinals from University of Phoenix Stadium, 825 Eastern Time. Nance Sims Wolfson on the call. This is a game where Arizona started off laying seven points, Made it to seven and a half, up to eight as we speak right now. Up and to eight and a half, even in some places. And I'll tell you what, when mm-hmm. the odds makers, it's so great now that we don't have those time constraints in this one. We can mm-hmm. kind of really what go in breathe. depth. Yes. Initially, when this line was reposted last Sunday night, it was as high as eight and a half. Some early money came in on Minnesota. Okay. Took it back down to seven and a half, seven, and now it's back up to eight, eight and a half. So there's some funny things going on with this line, and I do agree with you, Ricky. I think the point spread is going to come into play in a lot of games this week Two where teams. the straight-up winner may not be this against the spread winner. Right. And uh, not to break my arm, patting myself on the back, but two uh, teams I said would yeah, be the Yeah, this is the Rick Morris Bowl. This is, is the Rick Morris Bowl. Although a lot of things that I said about the Minnesota Vikings came to pass last week as they got slapped they, by Seattle. They did get kind of lit up. And again, when you stop Adrian Peterson, yeah. you're going to beat the Minnesota Vikings. Well, they're going in two different directions right now, and that's the thing here. It's Which is why the line is where it is, in my opinion. It's funny that you mention that because, again, and I'll give USA Today uh, Sports Weekly credit for this. Uh, whenever I find some gems from there, I, I, I own up to it. Uh, it says here, one in four, the Vikings are when AP doesn't get at least 98 yards in a game. Is he going to get 98 yards against Arizona? I think not. So You're not going to give me any credit? I just told you. Well, I didn't have this record, but I just told you basically the same thing. Well, more or less, yeah. <laughs> but uh, as as I look at it, so it's, it's I, not I start, reaching across the aisle, Ricky. <laughs> I start from the premise of okay, so that that tells me who's going to win. And the way that things are going right now, and I'm not as down on Minnesota as you are. I was never I, really up on them. Okay, but I can't really make a case for them to hang against Arizona outside Ooh. of, and this is not, and, and I realize this is one hell of a proviso to put on something because usually this is all the proviso you need. Weird shiznit happens on Thursday nights. It does. But that's not enough of a leap of faith for me. Give me Arizona laying the eight points at home here. Wow, I'm shocked by the that i'm not playing this is one that i'm not playing well you laugh about how many times i've gone against minnesota while chastising you though this yes. is another time yeah which is odd 
<laughs> I could see the spread coming to play here. The line's a little inflated based on what happened last week. Uh, we talk about Minnesota getting crushed at home by Seattle. Um, Arizona did things to St. Louis that should be illegal in today's <laughs> NFL. I mean, that, uh, th- that was a game where I liked the under, and mm-hmm. my only concern watching the game was, okay, Arizona, just don't score too many points. Because <laughs> I knew St. Louis was taking care of themselves. Of course, right. more on this program later with the Rams. I've got a little bit of a shocker for you. Okay. But, uh, I mean, they outgained them by like 300 yards, held them to three points. So whenever you see just totally – opposite the spectrum results like that you kind of get an inflated line but i'm like you i can't really make a case for minnesota to beat a good team on the road something they've never done right in the albeit very brief teddy bridgewater era arizona will win this game but i am not comfortable laying the points although you do have to figure that minnesota's spread record which even after last week is still nine and three is due to maybe come back down to earth I would say so. Uh, I'll say this. Minnesota's schedule down the stretch mm-hmm. is not easy. They have this game. They close at Green Bay, which will probably decide the north. Mm-hmm. And don't rule out a home game against the Giants, the second to last week of the year. Tom Coughlin's Giants, while they have struggled recently, mm-hmm. often pull an upset when you least expect them to. So I think Minnesota, okay, because they beat Atlanta, is still in a good position for the West, but they seem destined to be the sixth seed. That is NFC. that is a possible first round uh, preview uh, game in the uh, the NFC playoffs potentially. It'll be Minnesota at uh, the Giants. Could see that. Ah, uh, to be honest, I see them as the six, probably playing Green Bay. To be, I could see those uh, teams playing be. two weeks in a row. Could be, but uh, well, the, the Minnesota Giants game late in the season here. Don't sleep on uh, the notion of revenge for the uh, 2000 NFC Championship game. I so should. there's that. By, by the way, uh, it's for totals players, mm-hmm. if you're into that kind of thing, the over-under, very different results for these two teams. Minnesota, I believe the top under team in the league, 9-2 and two with mm-hmm. one push. Okay. Uh, Arizona, 8-4 and four over, and that's with two unders the last two weeks against the dog babies of their division, the Niners and Rams. Okay. So uh, kind of a tough one if you're a totals player. Uh, for Thursday night. Arizona, before the last two weeks, both of which were on the road, mm-hmm. uh, had scored 30 or more in three straight weeks. A rare home game. The Cardinals have not played a lot of home games recently, by the way. Four of their previous five were on the road. Yeah, They've got to be happy to be in, uh, what does Chris Berman call it, the big toaster oven or something like Pretty that? Pretty much. Well, the Browns are in kind of a weird thing also, too. I think like the Browns, like four of their home games are November 30th or later. What's up with the schedule this year? I, I don't really understand that. There are a lot of teams that play like three straight home or three straight road games this year. It Browns seems like have three straight more. home. Yeah. Hmm. They're in the middle of it right now. It's so weird. You, you had mentioned also just in passing here that uh, when it came to St. Louis later on uh, that you had a shocker for me. I sincerely hope that that uh, involves a football pick rather than something involving a hand signal, but uh, we'll get to that uh, later on. <laughs> Too sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Up next, it is uh, the Mediocrity Bowl, one of many this week, the 6-6 six and six Bills at the 5-7 and seven Eagles. 1 o'clock Eastern time from the link in Philadelphia on CBS, Spiro Dita, Solomon Wilcots on the call. And in this one, Buffalo is laying uh, – this is one where – there's been a change of favorite here. Change of favorite here, yeah. It's a thing now where... Buffalo's up to minus one and a half. Minus one and a half started at a plus one. So this is that, that's always a curious scenario, and I know that you, you say always you know follow the path of the smart money on something like that. But again, in Sports Weekly, one of the things jumping out at me here this week, I, I can't get past this. Tyrod Taylor, who has been a, a breakout player this year, facing an Eagles defense that is... 25th in points allowed, 26th in yards allowed, and second 
and touchdown passes allowed with 28. Hey, give me Buffalo here. I, I, I see them coming in. Uh, Philadelphia is reeling at this point. Uh, well, they're off a fairly impressive win, although it's a little phony. DeMarco, it's phony. DeMarco Murray is not really down with the program here. The Vultures are still circling in Philly. Make no mistake about it. Being in the worst division in the league doesn't absolve you from that. They're in the AFC South now? <laughs> uh, the AFC South, at least, uh, I would I would take Houston and Indy over uh, a couple of the teams in this division here. Nobody seems to want this division. Give me the Bills. I I think you know they they are clearly at this point a better team than Philly. Maybe not by much. They're mediocre too. But I'll take uh, Buffalo here as the road favorites. Yeah, imagine I would. That. Yeah, imagine that. Uh, I my power rankings agree with what you just said. Bills being the better team. I have the Bills at twelfth in the league. The Eagles at 17th, which I surmise is probably higher than you have them. But, probably. I, um, Eagles, by the way, are about to play three straight home games. Uh, so I don't think we've seen their last win. But the one last week was very stinky. Yep. I had them. Uh, did not think they were going to win the game outright when I took all those points. I was mm-hmm. getting double digits with them. Uh, three non-offensive touchdowns. They were outgained significantly by the Patriots. Really almost blew things late. Uh, it's funny with Marco Murray that Chip Kelly, the coach, cannot really criticize Chip Kelly, the general manager. That's right. Because I think Chip Kelly, the coach, is right to limit Murray's usage based on what we saw from him last year in Dallas. Murray, that is, in Dallas. Right. Uh, because, he, you know, Dallas just ran him into the ground with all those carries. But if Kelly brings that up, then everyone's going to be like, well, why did you give him all that money, Chip? So That's right. He's kind of, you know, a dog chasing his tail there. Um, so I don't really want to take the Eagles. But the Bills... You know, I know that you've got this theory that they beat up on the weak, fail against the strong. I don't yep. know how much I believe in that, to be honest with you. I mean, they did lose to Jacksonville. But I'm looking at the rest of their games. Yeah, the teams they lose to are generally the good ones. Uh, they need – well, both te- – I mean, because the Eagles are in the NFC East, tied for the division lead, they obviously need this. But the Bills really do need it to stay relevant in that yep. wild card race. I, th- I really think that it's Pitts- or, uh, it's Pittsburgh, the Jets, and Kansas City – are battling for the two wild cards of the AFC. I, I right. think Buffalo's a step below those three, but who knows? Maybe they stay relevant, but I'm passing here. This was another one I just didn't have a lot of interest in playing. Here's one that I know you're not going to pass on. Uh, you, you talk about a horrific matchup here. The 4-8 and eight 49ers at the 2-10 and 10 Browns. 1 o'clock Sunday from, I still call it, Cleveland Browns Stadium on Fox. Joe Davis, I'm sure it will be a smirking Brady Quinn in the booth and uh, Peter Schrager on the call for Fox. This is a game where, uh, inexplicably, uh, the Browns here are laying a point and a half. Have you seen this team recently? They started off at a pick So, of course, oh, Johnny Clipboard's going to be starting this week. Let's all go bet the Browns. Yeah, I said, I see you making the Johnny money uh, motion here. What and, a uh, tool that guy is. It just What kind of idiot would pick the Browns? There are, there are teams in football that are free from the immutable rules of the sport. When, oh. when, you look at, when you look at how they've been doing here, uh, and I know you were on the Browns last week, but, I mean, I re- recent losses. Can third- I defend that pick? Can I defend that pick for a second? Okay. Double-digit home dogs the month of December going okay. into last week were 20-5 and five against the spread. You can now make it 20-6. and six. This is how Thank bad you, they Browns. are. Thank you, Browns. Recent losses, 37-3, 33-27, 30-9, 31-10, 34-20, 24-6. This team isn't very good, is it? Here's the thing, though. And, 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 and people have been, again, you and I are based in Cleveland, as everyone knows, and the, there is a consensus right now in town that people are as pissed and as down on this team 
as they've been at almost any point since 99. And it's not because the mar the record is markedly different. Remember how many times this team won four or five games in, in the last decade. The majority of times they were right there at that four or five. Oh, we'll they, we'll call it a Cleveland Bell curve. Yeah, they've had double-digit losses almost every year. Yeah. Except for like three or something. Here's the difference is that, again, now I was – I, I said four wins at the beginning of the year because I saw a lot of holes. I saw three. Okay. I said three. But it's the highest paid defense in the league. On paper, a good offensive line. This team, now, and, and, and here's the weird thing. You've still had inexplicable breakthroughs like uh, Benjamin, who should be too small to, to, to be excelling as he is on the outside, but he's done a great job. Gary Barnage. Uh, nobody has Big seen play that. Big Barnage. Yeah, I mean. it's a nice fantasy pickup for me. But this is why everybody in this town hates this team so much. They're a bunch of horrific underachievers. Granted, there have been a lot of injuries, too, but they've just basically quit Kyle Ross. They are, they, whatever your stats tell you, there are always exceptions to the rule. Teams that are such a horrific outlier, it doesn't apply to them. Kyle Ross, your 2015 Cleveland Browns. This is going to be the Browns' third win of the year and final. <laughs> I'm taking them. I'm laying the two. I'm going to take the bait, although I've listened to some stuff earlier today that kind of made me question this, but I already decided. Uh, the Browns have not covered in their last six games. They actually haven't covered in their last seven if you use the closing line against Denver, a game that went to overtime when they wound up pushing as a three-point dog. Can you believe Cleveland was only a three-point dog against Denver in retrospect? Wow. Boy, this isn't so much a play on the Browns as it's very difficult to make that case. Although I'll point this out, the advance line for this game, before, which is posted before the results come in mm -hmm. for the previous week, was Cleveland minus three. Okay. And that's a line I would, agreed, would have agreed with because Cleveland going into last week, I had 31 in the league in my power rankings. Mm -hmm. San Francisco was 32. There's 32 teams in the league in case you lost count. Mm -hmm. So the way I work, if you're one spot ahead, you get the three for home field advantage. Mm-hmm. I flip-flop them that for last week because San Francisco did win on the road. It should be pointed out. Though that was a very phony win, too, right. in overtime against Chicago. They were outgained. The Bears missed a field goal. I thought the Bears gave that away. I'm looking at this and saying a 49ers team that is still being outscored by 16.5 points per game on the road. I know that's against some good teams, and the Browns are not a good team. Are getting way too much respect. People see that they're off a win. I said four wins for them coming here. They're already at four, which that surprises me more than what the Browns are at two and ten. Again, with that defense, you always talk about that high-paid defense, and I'll always tell you, you can give me five thousand dollars to redo your condo. I'll take it, but I'll do mm -hmm. a shitty job. Okay. okay, but yeah, but who can you tell me coming into this year, like, oh, that guy's massively overpaid. Oh, that guy's massively overpaid. All of them. Twenty twenty hindsight. There is no it's the funnest uh, that, way to make a call. Complete, <laughs> complete twenty twenty hindsight. There's nobody coming into this. Uh, maybe one or two guys where you could be like, okay, well, why is Randy Starks getting that much? But they 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 looked like quality signings. The majority of them. Forty ers The five games before last week's twenty six to twenty overtime win. Mm -hmm. Thirteen points. Thirteen points. Seventeen points. Six points. Three points. This this is the two worst teams in the league. I think there's a little value, and again, I'm going on principle here, like I did last week with the Browns, and yes, it bit me. Maybe I'm the asshole again. I'm going back to the well. West Coast team, back-to-back -back games out east. They're no good on the road. 
I don't think the 49ers are going to win again. I'm not buying this Blaine Gabbert research renaissance. No, thank you. The Browns are going to get killed the next two games when they're at Seattle and at Kansas City. Pittsburgh will probably tattoo them in the last week. I just think with Manziel in there, as much as I think he's flawed, he's never showed me anything, there's that one-week surge after kind of a big-time change in an organization. And by the way, there's going to be big-time changes in the organization again because the front office doesn't get along with the coaching staff, which is a major problem. Mm -hmm. Give me the Browns as my first recommendation. I spent too long on it. If not for the fact that I want the Browns to retain their number one position in the and draft. And they still can, I think, if they win this, right? Uh, no, because those assholes in Tennessee would then be in front of them. It took Tennessee oh, losing. Yeah. That's right, because Tennessee, they beat Tennessee. Exactly. Right. So, well, Tennessee, but, well, the uh, great Tennessee Titans are going to win again this well, year, so don't uh, worry about yeah, it. Yeah. They're going to win one more. That's a lot to put my faith on. If not for the fact that I'm rooting for that, number one pick overall, turn your head and cough for golf. That's, what, that's my scenario. If not for that. Well, I would pinch laugh. for Lynch. <laughs> I would laugh like a mofo if the Browns won by one point this week. The, uh, aside from it being against what I want for the Browns, that would be the funniest thing in the world for me. So if the Browns won and still didn't cover your line, that would teach you to take the Browns laying points, Kyle Ross. That would piss me off. <laughs> that would be amazing. Up next, it's the four and eight Lions at the four and eight Rams. One o'clock. This is another barn burner. Yeah, from the Edward Jones Dome in St. Louis on Fox. Chris Myers, Rondé Barber, and past lounge guest John, Jennifer Hale on the call here. And this is a game where uh, St. Louis, uh, where do they get off laying points to anybody right about now? They are laying one point down from two and a half in this game here. And uh, St. Louis right now, again, courtesy of uh, Sports Weekly, converting 24.5% on third downs, the worst rate in the league. They were Teams one- are be- the average in the league on mm-hmm. fourth down. Have you seen this stat? Is what? Higher than the Rams on third down. <laughs> That's this amazing. offense stinks. One for 12 last Sunday on third downs, held the two or they were fewer playing third a very, downs. They were playing a very good Arizona six team. Six times, yeah. I, I understand that. But, I, I, again, and there's the temptation. I and mean, we've talked before on the show about <laughs> biorhythms. There's the temptation to say... The Lions are due to, and again, the Lions. How do you though. think they're? The Lions key, lost a game they shouldn't have lost. How are they going to respond? Is yeah. is big. To and, this. and 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 the, the the Rams, more importantly in my mind, have just lost many games that they should lose, and and guess what? Will lose again. This is not their get well game. Give me Detroit. I'm taking the road dog. Oh, you didn't know? Getting a point on the road in the dome. Yeah, I like it. Well, guess what? You know what? I see a lot of pickums that I'm getting. I'm taking the line at a pickum because I see most places <laughs> having this line at zero. Uh, I'm taking the Rams and I'm recommending them for the Ooh. same reasons I'm recommending the Browns, which is if not now, when? <laughs> They, they too, if not us, who? <laughs> yes, they are in the midst of a three-game homestand themselves. Last week didn't go well. The week before that, at Cincinnati, didn't go well. Really, not a lot has gone well recently for the Rams. Losers of five straight, zero four and one against the number during that time. Really, zero and five probably because the what I'm looking at um, used a three-point closing line against Baltimore, and I think that was like a line that was available like a half hour before kickoff. So, mm. I just think that. As bad as they've looked, you know that rather than X's and O's, because you can't base this playoff X's and O's. You can't. The Rams are right. I just view these teams as stocks. Right. And right now, no team is getting less love on the betting board than these St. Louis Rams, who are currently taking only 16% of all wagers on this game. Right. That's low. That's really low. 
And you opened up by saying, who are the Rams to be laying points to anyone? Mm-hmm. I will counter with, who are the Detroit Lions to be taking 84% of the bets against anyone? The hey, Lions aren't good. This Jim Bob Cooter-led offense the last couple of weeks here has been really firing on all cylinders, making the most out of their parts offensively. It's been a different story. Since Except when they Jim couldn't Boston close in a four-minute offense against Green Bay last week. Eh, well, you know, <laughs> it's a little bit of a different scenario. Uh, Detroit, look, the offense has been a lot better the last two weeks, although after that really hot start against Green Bay last Thursday, uh-huh. I'd argue they did nothing after the first quarter. I mean, right. they did, like, next to nothing. I don't Right? They didn't score a touchdown right. after the first quarter. Right. They still only average 16.4 points per game on the mm-hmm. road, getting outscored by 10 points per game on the road. I think, like, Cleveland, that St. Louis, I just don't see them losing out. This will be their win. Take them. Okay. I'm recommending it. All right. You're on that one. Uh, We have up next. Typical anti-public play, them and the Browns. Okay. That's all it is. Just anti-public. That's about all it could be, I suppose. The 3-9 and nine Titans at the 7-5 and five Jets, 1 o'clock Eastern time at Life Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey on CBS. This time it's a home game at the Meadowlands for the Jets. Imagine that. Uh, Kevin Harlan, Rich Gannon, and Otis Livingston on the call. And uh, the Jets are laying seven points. Up from six initially. Uh, I tell you what, too, particularly when you look at uh, everything that's been going on. Ryan Fitzpatrick on the cover of Sports Weekly this week. If we're not at peak Fitzpatrick, I don't know if they, I don't know uh, when we will be. Uh, if, uh, with that being the case, what but, was the justification for that? Uh, Trying I mean, to sell I, more papers in New York? Jets rally around Journeyman's magical run. Finding Fitz is their cover slug. But uh, so first of all, we're at peak. I mean, he's been okay, but I mean, he's been a big part of what they've done. But serviceable, uh, uh, moderately serviceable. I think they do need to look into a viable long-term option. Oh, it, it, clearly, clearly. I mean, you know, look. Number one, they're at peak. Peak uh, uh, what? Peak Fitzpatrick. They're at peak Fitzpatrick as I conflate the words. Peak. Get the toilet paper out of your mouth, Monsoon. Yes, uh, but. You know, this is not going to become more readily apparent until we go along. I was at risk of being uh, outweighed here significantly on my favorites v. dogs. I had to find a game where I could pick an impetus for – yeah, I had to find a dog that I could get in there. So, you know me. My my respect for Tennessee is significantly below yours. You love the Titans. I I just think they're an undervalued outfit. I really don't, but I I think they're going to do the old penis punch here coming through the back door. Give me the Titans plus the seven, reluctantly. I struggle with this game. Tennessee finally with a win for me last week. They're now Mm -hmm. two and five in close games. They've been one of the unluckier teams in the league. They're not a good team, but on top of that, they've been unlucky. They've lost a lot of close games. They'd lost their previous two games uh, by one score to Jacksonville and Oakland. Uh, But, you know, again, one of my common themes on this thing is when a bad team's off a win, I don't really want to back them. The Jets absolutely have to have this game. I'd like to point that out. I, for all this love Pittsburgh's getting right now and how everyone's just sort of moving them to the playoffs, I think Kansas City's the team that's a lock for the playoffs at this point in the AFC as a wild card. And it's going to come down to the very end between the Jets and Pittsburgh for this last spot. So the Jets, with games on the ro- with two of their last three on the road, granted one's against Dallas, who have Matt Castle, but they have New England at home, and then Buffalo, which could be a, I mean, that could be for all the marbles there in mm-hmm. the final game, a Buffalo team they haven't beaten in a while. They have to have this. I don't 
give unlike previous weeks, I don't give Tennessee any shot at winning here, so I'm I'm abstaining from okay. this one. I am I am off the Tennessee Titans this week, Rick Morris. All right, you're off them this week. Uh, up next, might be might be on them when they start playing some of these division games down the stretch. Okay. 7-5 and five Stillers at the 10-2 and two Bengals, 1 o'clock Eastern Time. Paul Brown Stadium in the Natty on CBS. Greg Gumbel, Trent Green, Jamie Erdahl on the call. This is a game where Cincinnati is laying uh, the, the standard boring three points. It's down to two and a half uh, in some places. Started at three and a half. Yeah. And I think is, it's a lot of people are on Pittsburgh in this game, sharps and squares alike. I think there's a lot of love for Pittsburgh here. I kind of don't get that because I'm looking at this here. Uh, it's always interesting, too, when not in the course of, of venturing an opinion on the outcome of the game, but as far as a potential key to the game here, as I'm looking at Sports Weekly here, they raise an excellent point. Which team's going to do a better job of running the ball? Well, it's harder to run on the Bengals than it is the Steelers, so advantage Bengals. Also, too, uh, the Bengals holding five of their last six opponents to ten points or fewer. That's not going to happen with Pittsburgh. But no. if you're looking for one of these two teams, two of their last. By the way, Cincinnati is coming off games against St. Louis and Cleveland. It they be are pointed out. They are. But I mean, actually, two of their last five games have against Cleveland. Right. Who do I like better defensively? The Bengals. Uh, so, in what is going to be a shootout, who do I think is more, ah! more likely to be? Eh, is no, it? I, I don't is know. Is it? I. I well. The expectation, I'll tell you what, people are betting the over in this game like it's going out of style. The total's up to 50. Okay. I'd like to say that I remember the first time these teams played, 16-10. to right. That was with Roethlisberger in the lineup. So the Bengals actually held uh, the Steelers to 10 points. Mm-hmm. The, they held the Steelers to 10 points or less. So That's right. That's right. And, uh, you know, as I look at this here. Are you having again, trouble seeing the, the what is yardage, going on here? The yardage between the other. Well, this is like five-point uh, okay. aerial type here as I'm squinting at the stats. The uh, the, the Steelers particularly uh, in terms of the secondary, 275.5 yards per game passing. I mean, there's a significant gap between them and the I Bengals. Think their defense is getting a little better. It's getting better. It's trending better. But gun to my head, who's the more complete team to me at this point in time? It is the Natty Bengals. Give me the Bengals. I, I am perplexed as to why this line, particularly at Paul Brown Stadium, is as narrow as it is. I'm actually perplexed. This wasn't your big three. I had this marked down as a lock for your big three. <laughs> it was close. Um, it was close. I can see why people are anticipating a shootout here. Yeah. Both teams off blowout victories last week. Uh, the issue with Pittsburgh, and by the way, you talk about Cincinnati being the better team. Uh, most of the power rankings that have come out this week, mm-hmm. major shuffles at the top, but FPI, which is ESPN, mm-hmm. Vegas, which is Las Vegas, mm-hmm. and DVOA, which is Football Outsiders. Mm-hmm. Those are the three power rankings that I like the most. Right. All have the Bengals as their new number one this week. Now, I have them at number two, still behind Arizona. Mm-hmm. Although it was a very close game in Arizona, I'm giving Arizona just a smidgen okay. ahead of there at the top. But you're right. This line should not be lower than three, in my opinion. The thing with the Steelers is, again, they looked very good in a national TV game. We always talk about how that can have sort of a, a negative effect on perception in that people put too much stock into it mm-hmm. the following week. I mean, they're taking Pittsburgh's taking a big step up in class here going to Cincinnati after playing Indianapolis at home last Sunday night. Right. I'm staying off this one, though. Because Cincinnati, one thing with Cincinnati that has got to be rectified, they're 10-1-1 one one against the number this year. Are they going to keep covering? 
I, you know me, I get a little leery. Like, yeah. teams aren't going to keep beating the spread. I mean, are, are they just, you know, with all these rankings, having them at number one, it is odd that they're laying less than three. It, it's, I don't know. This is a really tough game. I'll tell you what, man. If Pittsburgh loses this game, they have, by the way, three division road games still to mm-hmm. come in the last four, and then they host Denver in the middle there. Ooh. They're not guaranteed of making the playoffs, Pittsburgh. Certainly I can not. see I can see Pittsburgh and the Jets coming down to a nine and seven thing and somebody wins on a tie break. Could very well be. So uh yeah, you're you're making me a little nervous citing the Bengals uh success against the number there, but uh we shall see. Up next, uh, a, a game that you're you're not gonna believe this. This is one I actually did contemplate for my big three, but it oh. didn't make it. It's the 6-6 six and six Colts at the 4-8 and eight Jags. 1 o'clock Eastern time, Everbank Field in Jacksonville on CBS. Tom McCarthy, Adam Archuleta on the call. You have Indianapolis on a short week, no less, uh, traveling for the second time in two weeks. Coming in at a pick em. had uh, Had been started by laying uh, a point and a half in the game here and coming in. But, it, but again... The inability to stop the run that the Jags have had uh, in in recent weeks here, right as T.J. Yeldon is kind of starting to crust. I mean, this could be a ship's passing in the night game uh, in in terms of these teams. I don't know if the Jags can necessarily run them down for the division, but uh, a team that I'm not going to quite yet call the sneaky good Jags, but the the sneaky approaching good Jags here at this point in the season. Love the Jags. I I, I like them against an Indianapolis team that's looking like it's just kind of shot its wad here. Uh, You know, the Matt Hasselbeck uh, nostalgia run was nice. Does look like he's going to play. Yeah. yeah, You know, that that nostalgia run was nice while it lasted, much like Hulk Hogan in the spring of 02. uh, Way to bring it all together here. Yeah, it all ties together in the lounge here, but – Give me the Jags at home. In my estimation, uh, they should be favored. I, I, I like them here, not even having to lay anything. I don't think they should be favored. I don't think they should be favored. I think this line's about right, actually. I have Indianapolis 22 in my power rankings, Jacksonville. I still have Jacksonville 28, so uh, believe it or not, this number's just about right. I'll say this, though, about the Colts. They've been outgained in every game but one okay. this year. That's not very good. Jacksonville's actually split their 12 games as far as winning the total yardage battle. Right. I almost was with you here on Jacksonville. Uh, they're 3-3 the, three and three in their last six. What's I think the Colts run in division? They're closer to being a 500 team than being a crap team in my estimation. What's the Colts run in division games? Haven't they won like 18 or 19 in a row? I think they're going to falter down the stretch. Yep. I'm telling you, I think Houston's going to wind up winning this division. They might. Uh, the Colts have beaten the Jaguars now six straight times it was an overtime game earlier in the year with Hasselbeck at quarterback 16 to 13 where the Jags had the total yardage edge I I will not disagree with you on the Jags but it's important that for some reason most books are not showing a line here Mm -hmm. so I'm staying away from this one as well I have a lot of picks to give out here all the ones that I'm passing on have come first so I'll tell you this stay Uh, tuned sports fans uh, if if Houston does win the division with the execrable Brian Hoyer at quarterback no less I I will have a fun time lording it over FDH golf analyst uh, Mr. Flatstick Tom Denk who at my fantasy football draft this year engaged me in a long heated discussion claiming that the Houston Texans were way worse than the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> Famous last words, Tommy. 
<laughs> That's what he gets for being a homer. Up next, it's the three and nine Chargers at the seven and five Chiefs. One o'clock Eastern Time, Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas Chiefs City. Chiefs are hot on CBS. Peak Chiefs, perhaps. Andrew Catalan, Steve Tasker, Steve Berline on the call. You talk about them being hot. A uh, number here from Sports Weekly. Plus 15 on the turnover ratio during the six-game winning streak. So when you're talking about things that are not really that sustainable, you and I have talked a lot of times oh. about the fragility of turnover numbers in life. And uh, God knows I'm not afraid to get burned by the Chargers, as I have many times this season and did again last week. You've been with, thunderstruck. With, <laughs> with, my, with my overall record on all the games here this year being plus 18, you subtract the Chargers out, you're probably plus 30. I, I was going to say 24, okay. but, you know, still, yeah. How, how much are they killing me? But uh, Have you ever gone against them? Uh, I have a few times. Are you sure? Well, look, and, and I think even on a handful of their losses, they covered, right? So, it, Not it, many. Not many. Okay. Well, in this game here, getting 10 points against the, uh, a Kansas City team that the Rick Morris biorhythms say is just about due to start surfing off that peak. Give me the Chargers coming in the back door, getting the 10 points. I like it. This this was a borderline. Uh, aside from the fact that I don't like to make any kind of ugly-type play part of my big three, other than that, this would have been close. I wish you would learn to because then you'd do better because your non-big three picks do better generally. When you've, been, when you've shown this year that you haven't been afraid to kind of come ever so slightly into my side of that's, things with the ugly that, dogs. That's very anti-scientific that my expert picks. Science is dead, the fact that my No, my, science my is locks. alive. You just won't listen to it. <laughs> but then again, you are a good Republican boy, so why would I expect you to listen to science? Uh, Rick Morris, you need to always turn to five dimes when you're betting underdogs. See, I know you wouldn't okay. know that because you don't like betting underdogs, mm -hmm. but uh, you get 11 and a half with the Chargers there. Wow. And I'm going to tell you what, Rick Morris, we're going to mm -hmm. agree on this game. I am taking the San Diego Chargers this week as a recommendation uh, wow, ain't that some shiznit. In addition to the turnovers, I'll tell you another stat. Vegas, uh, Chiefs have covered every game that they've won during the six-game win streak. Okay. They're six and will get spread. But do you know what's interesting? What? They have not been asked to lay more than four and a half points against any of those opponents. Mm -hmm. So this is the first big ask. Remember last week we came on the program, I brought up that the Bears were kind of in the – I think it was the first time they've been favored all year last week against the Niners. We're both like, eh, laying that much weight, probably shouldn't endorse them. And sure enough, they lost outright. Don't think the Chiefs will lose outright here. But first time being asked to lay a big number. Interesting. Performance in division games, you could not be more different than these two. Okay. According to power rankings, no team has performed worse in the league in division contests than San Diego. No team has performed better in such contests than the Chiefs. I just think there's got to be a little bit of a balancing act here. Yep. The Chargers keep this one close. I'm taking the points. Uh, just too many for a Chiefs team that often settles for field goals instead of touchdowns. Agree with that. Up next, a battle of two real old-line teams in the league, but uh, not really a rivalry between them, even though they're, they're very, very old-school franchises. The 5-7 and seven Redskins at the 5-7 and seven Isn't Bears. the biggest blowout in NFL history this game? 73 nothing, wasn't it? There, There is that, I think, yeah. So they, they had some uh, historical back games. Back in the Coolidge days, wasn't Way it? Way back in the day, yeah. <laughs> Coolidge days when America ran uh, perfectly. Uh, Five-time yeah. lounge guest Kenny Until the Elbert. economy went off the cliff. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. That was during uh, what's-his-nuts. Uh, it's all the fault of Herbert Hoover who followed in the footsteps. Oh, yes. He undid everything. Yes, he did. <laughs> Five-time <laughs> lounge guest Kenny Albert, Daryl Moose Johnston, and the lovely Tandlora Oakman 
on the call here. Calvin on Coolidge, Fox. the hipster Ronald Reagan. <laughs> Ronald Reagan, if you remember, put pictures of Calvin Coolidge up in the White House. He wanted to model his administration after Calvin Coolidge, and I think he did a fine job in doing so. Did he remember that he put pictures of Calvin Coolidge <laughs> in the White House? Oh, oh too soon. Blow, blow. <laughs> too soon. Blow, blow, my friend. You're better than that. Well, at any, well, at any rate, you still shouldn't. But <laughs> the, uh, the line here in this game is I am scanning fruitlessly up and down the page. Oh, I, I've rattled you with the yes. Reagan reference. I've rattled you with the Reagan reference. <laughs> the Bears are laying three up from one initially. And uh, a couple of notes here, again, that uh, – the, 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 It was one – I think it was one on the advance line. I'm showing it's been three – pretty steady three here. Okay. Uh, the uh, – courtesy of Sports Weekly again here. The Bears' last four losses by a combined 14 points. Washington's last four losses by a combined 62 so a little bit of a difference there. Uh, week 13 being the fifth time that the Bears haven't gotten a takeaway. But the Redskins have not played a turnover-free game on the road all year. So I, I look they at They haven't it. won on the road all year. Exactly. So Washington always underperforms on the road. The Bears have a better chance of uh, you know, getting turnovers here, I, I think, than they have in a while in light of that. It, with this situation being what it is, uh, again... With, with the split personality of the Redskins home versus away, part of me wants to say maybe this isn't a big enough line still at three points. But regardless, it's not a, it's nearly enough that I would call it a suspicious line because I don't believe in Chicago to any real degree. But I'll take the Bears laying the three here at home. I have no interest in this game. I'll tell you why. Last week at this time, did either of these teams think they'd be coming in off a loss? Chicago home to San Francisco. Right. Washington, one of, one of the worst games in the history of national television losing to the Cowboys. Right. How about them Cowboys? Gave me the winning week, by the way. Remember we talked and you're like, yeah, I wouldn't be too yeah. confident in the Cowboys, but you were on them. Yeah. I'm so proud of you. I was on them. And um, what a wild finish that was. Both teams have to be kind of deflated. Uh, again, Bears after not being favored all year, now favored back-to-back weeks. This is a more manageable number. I just see no edges here. I think both teams well, the Bears are done. They're not going to make the playoffs. The Redskins have a chance because of the division. So right. it clearly means more to them. But the Bears are due to start playing better at home where they're just 1-5 straight up. Yep. Remember, we talked about coming into the year that John Fox would hopefully be able to turn that around from yep. the uh, the uh, wayward ways of the Mark Tressman era. But right. uh, he has not. So I think the Bears are kind of t- due to turn around at Soldier Field, yep. perhaps defensively. I don't know. I just see no edges here. I see no edges whatsoever. Betting is like dead even from the public. The Bears are like getting 53%. I think that just changed. It was literally 50-50 five minutes ago on my screen. No edge here, no interest. Well, you could look at it the other way and say that there's been a 3% surge in the last five minutes. So does that tell you anything? (laughs) No, not really. This is, you know, it's probably, who knows, probably some jabron from Chicago thinking he's all sweet in (laughs) Vegas right now. Who knows? Okay. That could be the case. Uh, up next is the... There's still some three-and-a-halves, by the way, out there. Washington at three-and-a-half. The hook is always tantalizing. Mm-hmm. Well, that that is uh, definitely the case. Uh, it comes into play a lot of times I actually here. have Washington rated as a better team, slightly. I have them at 19 and Chicago at 21, for the record. They're in the cares. same ballpark. They pretty much have to be. Uh, up next, a battle of teams from the NFC South where the records would have been so shocking a year ago. The disappointingly 6-6 six and six Falcons, if you want to call them that after the start, and I think that does apply. Versus, We're 5-0. Oh. Yeah, versus the 12-0 and oh 
Panthers. Who would have believed that from a year ago? 1 o'clock Eastern time from Obama bailed out Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte on Fox. Kevin Burkhart, John Lynch, and the delicious Pam Oliver on the call. Where would they be playing if Ted Cruz was in charge of the economy <laughs> is my question. He would have let him die, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Carolina is laying seven up from six and a half initially. And, uh, you know, we've talked about it here, too. Four o'clock's the witching hour. This game feels like a game that should be played at four o'clock this week. Carolina, here. last week, you and I were both on the Saints. I was yeah. proud of some of your picks last yeah. week. Yeah, I'm looking at this again, and it's, listen, the, the Panthers are not going to run the table. No, they they're are, not. As has been stated in a couple of different quarters, I think 538 is one of the places it's pointed it out. Statistically, teams that have started the year with big winning streaks like them, they don't rate as, as well statistically as some of the teams previously. No, and people get mad about that. Right. But here's the thing. If you rate all of the teams that are – because I think they came out at 11-0. and 0, They right. did the study at 11-0. So if you're rating only 11-0 and 0 teams, mm-hmm. that's a pretty small sample size. That's right. And so somebody's going to be the worst. You can't get mad when you hear – you are the worst 11-0 team all the time and start playing the disrespect card. That's something they do in Buckeye Nation a lot, by the way. So you're familiar with that. Oh, we get no respect. It's like, no, we're just saying that you're not as great as historically great teams. Well, Continue. I, I, I just have the sense here, too. I, oh, I, I love I, where you're going with this. I haven't applied the Rick Morris biorhythms theory to any games yet this week, but I'm going to apply it here. Carolina, and again, you look at how – Atlanta was playing back in September and the beginning of October, it would not at all have been outlandish for them to win the game here. I realize many, many things have changed for them since then. But, uh, again, I'm calling it now. Whatever game the Panthers first lose, it's going to be one you didn't see coming. This would kind of fit the bill on that. Much like the way that I took New Orleans last week, I said New Orleans could win outright. They came close. People probably laughed, but they came close. That defense yeah. is what killed us. I mean, God, is that defense awful. Yeah. Yeah, that's Could the, that's you, the case. Could you, I, and nine other people, if given 60 minutes, score a touchdown against the New Orleans Saints defense? It wouldn't take us that long. But, uh, you know, I, I think in looking at Especially this Especially if you and I weren't playing a prominent role. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if there were nine other athletic guys and we were just, like, <laughs> in there to, like, sort of block. Yeah. If, if we were, well, actually, you wouldn't want me to block. I'd get run over every time. If we were recruiting those nine other guys from a uh, stadium in Hawaii on the third Sunday in January, maybe. But uh, I would say that uh, split out on the end and run a few picks. There you go. Hopefully, not get called. Yeah. Jeff well, Triplett was officiating. Hopefully, not get blocked in any significant way either. But uh, like get pancake or really be touched. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that would uh, that would be something. Uh, the Falcons, I think, can win outright, but at, at minimum, I do like them to cover here. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons, Rick Morris, are not treating myself and betters very well. Mm-hmm. They have now failed to cover eight straight games. That's very bad. Yeah. When's the last time you saw a team fail to cover eight in a row? Much like how I'm queasy about how you said that about Cincinnati. I, or is it they seven were, in a row? They were overdue to, uh, to not cover. Atlanta's overdue to cover. That just makes me uh, happy. Yeah, especially getting more than a touchdown here. Do you know what um, the preseason, you talk about, oh, you know, six months ago, would we have believed these records? Uh, You know what the look-ahead line was? Now, look-ahead lines are posted in April. Right. So, obviously, so much can change. But it's fun. I think it's fun to look back at them. Right. Uh, The look-ahead line for this game is only Carolina minus three and a half. Okay. I think there's a ton of value on Atlanta. I really want to bet against Carolina. I think they are due to drop a game. I don't know if this is the game they drop. Quite frankly, I think it might be next week against the Giants, or maybe it's two weeks when they have to go to Atlanta, uh-huh. the dirty, dirty. 
I just think that regression, progression, Matt Ryan, stop throwing damn interceptions, especially at the worst times. Atlanta right. should have beaten Tampa Bay last week, giving up a back-breaking third and 19 scramble to Jameis Winston. Did you see that play? Yeah. They had to be ashamed of themselves. The only one who should have been more ashamed than Falcons defense was Dick Stockton when he like thought Jameis Winston fumbled the ball. And the other <laughs> announcer was like, no, I don't think he ever fumbled it, Dick. <laughs> Look that up on YouTube. It's kind of funny. Well, I will have to. It, uh, yeah, it, uh, we, we've... I have, a, I have a lot of respect for the man's body of work through the course of oh, his yeah, career. He's been but, around. but we're getting some real Willie Mays falling down in the outfield moments, bro. No question about that. Oh, I'll say this, too. Carolina, don't forget, after last week now, 6-0 and in close games decided by seven points or less. That's due to rectify itself. May not happen until the playoffs. It is. But yeah. uh, an interesting point with my power rankings, I texted you this last week. Mm-hmm. Even though they won last week and stayed mm-hmm. undefeated, and the team that I had number one, New England, fell this week in the power rankings actually number four carolina drops in my power rankings this week from two to three gotcha by both arizona and cincinnati Ooh, very very interesting uh it is the atlanta is still at a very surprising not to cut you off for an 18th time here in this segment <laughs> but uh 11th i still have atlanta 11th i got them lower than that at this point their po- point differential is okay they lose close generally yeah so this is the first time they're getting a lot of points and I'll, i want to take advantage yeah recommendation I- recommendation oh All i'm right. sorry did i not make that clear i, I see i'm I, glad i interrupted you 19 times I didn't, this week. Uh, that was not <laughs> it took to the 19th interruption to get my point across here <laughs> whatever it takes the five and seven raiders at the 10 and two broncos 405 eastern time sports authority field at mile high in denver on cbs past lounge guest ian eagle along with dan fouts and evan washburn on the call uh denver is laying seven and a half in this one up from six and uh Again, the the fairly recent trend lines here uh, with Oaktown. I mean, you you, you take out uh, playing a pitiful uh, Tennessee team a couple of weeks here ago uh, here, getting a win over them, and uh, it, it's all been downhill from them after their their great start when they were getting to be a. I said at the time an overly trendy playoff pick here, the way that they were going. I did not see this level of downfall coming, however. Uh, the Broncos have bounced back nicely. Three wins coming off of their nadir of the consecutive losses. This one makes me real, real nervous when I look at, uh, as you say, the hook here. It's up to seven and a half. But well, I'm I, shocked here. I don't. What you're going to do? I don't see Derek Carr in a get well game against this defense. I just don't see it. He's going to get it turned around eventually. Not quick enough for them to have a winning season at this point. Clearly, he's going to get it turned around, but. Not here, not now. Now you you asked before, if not when now? Well, for the Bronc or for for, for uh, the Oakland Raiders, the the answer is uh, it ain't going to happen here. Uh, it will be Denver covering the seven and a half. That, 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 the hook makes me queasy, but give me the Broncos. I, I think it'll I'm, be more than that. I'm recommending the Raiders. Wow, like them this week. I think. You know, with biorhythms, I think it's their time. They, they've you must think it's going to be like a sixteen to ten slop special or something. Yeah, I okay. probably do. Well, I mean. In regulation, with Brock Osweiler at the helm, Denver scored 17, 24, and 17. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're not playing the greatest defenses of all time during that. They played Chicago and San Diego during that time. Um, it, it's, again, I think last week's results play a role in this line. You have the Raiders off a double-digit loss in division play. The Chief, uh, the Broncos off a double-digit win. Both games were decided by two touchdowns. But the Raiders' result was kind of phony last week against the Chiefs. 
there was uh, a defensive touchdown late for Casey to put the game away. The Raiders actually outgained them. It was a close game most of the way. There were some like missed extra points of all things from the great Sebastian Janikowski. I think that the Raiders. This is the first time since the Pittsburgh game where they covered, they lost, and that was remember what kind of started this downward slide. Where I pro- I went on the show that week and proclaimed their stock will not be higher at any point this year. It's sell, sell, sell on the silver and black. This is the first time since then beginning at least six points in a game. They were actually favored three straight weeks after that, and last week only a field goal dog. Some good value, I think, here on the Raiders. Okay, you're taking the Raiders in that one. Uh, up next, uh, proving that uh, showbiz truly runs TV. Somehow or another, the 4-8 and eight pathetic Cowboys are in the A game on Fox. The 4-8 and eight How about Cowboys. them Cowboys? Yeah. The the pro- well, the issue is, if you've noticed this year, yeah. there just haven't been many 4 o'clock games. Mm-hmm. They probably do need to move a team to Los Angeles just for that because who else are you putting it for if the West Coast teams aren't playing at 4 o'clock? You can, like, you can flex games into that spot, though. Can't you move the one, some of the ones to 4? Yeah, but I don't know. People like Dallas. People like Green Bay. It's the four and eight Cowboys at the eight and four Packers. Four twenty-five Eastern time from Lambeau Stadium in Green Bay on Fox. Buck Aikman, Andrews, the aforementioned A team for Fox on this one. Green Bay laying seven. It had been five initially, and uh, this is another one that was this was borderline for my big three. I thought about it uh, again. You got a Green Bay team that that looked into the abyss and lived to tell about it. I really think it's going to be a very productive December from here on in from them. And, and can Dallas, they can they beat Arizona or Carolina on the road in the playoffs? No, I, I uh, I'm kind of with you. I'm, I'm turning on Green Bay, my preseason Super Bowl pick. I don't yeah. think they can either. Well, you know, I think Seattle actually has a better chance to do that than Green Bay does. Before the season about the Malcolm Gladwell tipping point for 2015, we could be seeing that with teams breaking through the oligarchy, the one percent. It's crumbling, Kyle Ross. Maybe not enough so in the political realm yeah. for your sense, yeah, but, which uh, is too bad. Yeah, you know, it's it's happening here. There, there's there's nothing to give me a good feeling about Dallas. Wow, continuing pathetic quarterback play on a short week. Uh, what they're they're going to Washington kind of gave them the game Monday night, didn't they? Yeah, they, they did. But uh, Dallas is going to hang close enough in two consecutive road games. The second one being significant. Oh, you more mocked difficult. me for that one play. So I, I'm on I'm on Green Bay here. Well, it's plays like this to where that's why I took Tennessee in the one earlier. I I got I got more favorites than dogs this week, and this is one of my favorites. Give me Green Bay laying a seven. I'm off this game. I, I don't like this game at all. I'll tell you what, Dallas actually, as much as Washington gifted him the win with that dumb to Shaw Jackson punt return. Mm-hmm. They outgained the Redskins. They they actually lost the turnover battle. If you can win when you give it away three times mm-hmm. like they did, that's saying something. They probably should have just won that game. They actually moved the ball surprisingly well with Castle mm-hmm. um, in what was a field goal fest. I don't know about Green Bay yet. I mean, yeah, they could. Ta- it's in Lambeau. They could tattoo the Cowboys, but I'm not going to bet on it. No thank you. I don't blame you for that. Uh, we're, we're gonna Remember, go- I don't pick every game. That's right. You do oh, and I, want to, <laughs> and I want to bring this up, too, about mm-hmm. the 4 o'clock games. Yeah. You have three West Coast teams playing at 1 o'clock this week mm-hmm. and another one playing in the Thursday night game, Arizona. So there just weren't a lot of options. Yeah. Not that I'm defending. Not that uh, It's funny. I actually looked, When I looked at this week's schedule, I'm almost of the opinion that I may do something around the house at 4 o'clock because well, you only have two games, right. and neither of them are that interesting. Well, here's the thing, though. I, I do remember 
they might be do, following Oakland on the computer. They don't do this that often, but I remember, I think it was last, it was either last year or the year before, it's, be, it's become uh, almost an annual thing for the Browns and the Raiders to play uh, since they, they've they been last place in their respective divisions most years. But, like, when the Raiders come to Cleveland, it's just all, sometimes a 4-0-5 well, game. Yeah, it was a 1 o'clock game earlier this year, and the Raiders won. It's like their 1-1 o'clock right. game. If it was either last year or the year before, it was a 4:05 game. It was last so year. So sometimes, yeah, sometimes they slot the West Coast teams at 4 o'clock on the East Coast. So th- that's not always well, the determinant. Well, I don't know. Again, these are two of your bigger drawing teams, whether you like them or not. Well, you know, I, No one I, likes the Yankees and Sox either, but they're always on Sunday night. Uh, really? We're going to compare Dallas? to What have they done to earn that comparison in the last 20 years? I believe the Dallas Cowboys are the most valued franchise in sports. I mean, you may not like them. I mean, they may not, you may think it's Allow re- wrong. Allow me to rephrase the question. What have they done on the field in the last 20 years to earn that kind of respect? I don't know, but it's not up to me to question it. I'm just telling you that I think no franchise in sports is worth more than they are. Yeah, well. It, uh, must be doing something right. They ain't winning games. They must be doing something else right, well, though. You know, it's a, a lovely, I'll tell you what, it's a lovely stadium. I would never go to another NFL game unless if it's in that stadium. I, uh, I would like to see that at some point. Uh, oh, it's it should unbelievable. Be- should be very, very uh, interesting if I get a chance. I'm sure I'll get a chance to catch a game there. We're going to skip Sunday night since that's part of my big three and go right to Monday night. We'll be football. against each other on that one. I think we probably will. It's the 5-7 and seven Giants at the 5-7 and seven Dolphins. It's the Larry Zonka Bowl on Monday night football, 8.30 <laughs> Eastern Time, Sun Life Stadium. American Gladiators Gardens <laughs> on ESPN. <laughs> uh, my good friend Anthony Patron would want me to mention that uh, Larry Zonka, of course, from Stowe, Ohio, oh. which uh, – by the way, also, too, you, you mentioned uh, the, the X's and O's in one of the games earlier. I have, I have been positing recently that uh, one of the FBA's lounge's greatest chances to get a viral video out there would be myself and Mr. Patron in a drunken duet rendition of X's and O's. I think that would probably move the needle a little bit here, don't you think? Move something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Might move the bile in a lot of people's intestines. Tariko Gruden Salters on the call on ESPN. This game started as a pick 'em. The Giants are up to uh, one and a half points that they are laying, and uh, we get to uh, you know the the inverse here: the movable object and the resistible force uh, <laughs> to go against uh, what, what Gordon Soley used to say from back in the day. Gordon Soley from Championship Wrestling from Florida. This game's in Florida. It all ties together. But uh, USA Today Sports Weekly here pointing out that. Soon the Dolphins might be playing their games in an armory. Where uh, they're yeah. going, <laughs> Fort Hester Armory, whatever they call the place. Uh, Miami with twenty-eight uh, percent conversions on third downs this season. The Giants allow a forty-five percent conversion rate. Not often that both teams with pathetic units are licking their chops at facing the other one, but. Uh, in this game here, again, you pointed out situationally before, you've pointed out a couple times with the NFC East teams, they're still in it. Five, five and, it realistically, both teams, there, there ought to be a rule in the league that any time a 5-7 and seven team is playing at this time of the season, they can only be a spoiler. But since, unfortunately, that law is not in existence yet, my Dolphins are, are, are facing a little bit of an unfair barrier here, not being in the NFC East. Uh, the, the Giants being in the uh, the NFC East, being born on third base and thinking they hit a triple, uh, a phrase that I've heard in politics a few times here. The Giants need it more. Give me the Giants laying the one and a half on the road. I didn't know you were such a judicial activist wanting to amend <laughs> the NFL's constitution. Who am I listening to here? A real prairie populist also yes. with my take on that. <laughs> 
I'm on the Giants, too. A very rare public play for me. A lot okay. of people on the Giants are getting a lot of love for this game. It's kind of scary, but this is a good matchup for them. They've lost three in a row, all close. I mean, they sh- they should win. Have won. They, their record should be a lot better than it is. I'm not, I cannot say that about Miami. Right. Miami, an ugly win. Last week, 82 yards passing? They well, 200 and... 137 minus 18 is... 119? 219 total yards for the Dolphins. Okay. 219 total yards last week in a win for the Dolphins. A very ugly win. The Giants just, come on, Giants. You got to make me look good here winning the NFC East like I predicted. It's a nothing number. I think that they will get the job done here. Both teams, interestingly, have been outgained in 10 of 12 games. Okay. But... The Giants have held leads in most of those games, while the Dolphins, you can't say the same about them. The Giants are a much better team. I have them at 13th in my power rankings. That's going to be high probably to some. Miami, though, I got them at 25. I have very little regard for Miami. They're a team that, you know, they're where they're at despite a 3-1 and one record in close games. The right. Giants, on the other hand, in close games, 2-6. and six. Mm-hmm. The Gi- Look, the number's not enough to where... They could win by a field goal, and right. most, obviously they'd still cover. So give me the Giants, a very rare public play, a recommendation for me. I, no, not my final recommendation, my second to final recommendation. You you talk about uh, the Dolphins last week. I mean, I think that is clearly, I think, uh, uh, brutally apparent to everybody. That's a game where they just they got by on the grit from Coach Campbell here. I think that's what oh my good like, grief. That's what put them over the edge, Kyle. You want to keep? You want to see this guy hired for next year, don't you? not saying that. Oh, you know, okay, they're, good. If they're able to lure away somebody from some other place, you know, I got no loyalty, but in the meantime. Yeah, like the clink. <laughs> he's my coach. We go to Sunday night football for the first of my big three plays, which are 19 and 20 for the season. Although 2-1 and one last week, I'm trending in the right direction, and I shall continue to do so this week. The 10-2 and two Patriots are at the 6-6 six and six Texans on Sunday night, 8.30 Eastern time from NRG Stadium in Houston on NBC, and the team that calling the team calling the game is Michael Stafoya and Collinsworth, uh, as is always the case. And New England is laying three points in this one, down from three and a half initially. A lot of games I kind of went looking through to see if anything jumped out at me. Some some games I go for just more of a sort of global feel for it. But with everything that's happened, and to the many Patriots, times you just go for the road favorite in recent <laughs> weeks. Road favorite as well. Road favorite Ricky. Spoiler alert: strikes here again. Oh. Really coming off of that Philadelphia game. Really the, the the fluke that it was. Really not to get all miz on you with all of that, but I mean. They're not going to get it done on Sunday Night Football here with the eyes of the world watching with Brian Hoyer, the immortal Brian Hoyer. On Better the other than side. Ryan Mallett. It, uh, uh, I, I don't Will you begrudgingly come off Ryan Mallett? I don't please. think Bill O'Brien really gave him a fair shot, to be honest with what? you. I think this was shades of 03, Couch and Holcomb what? here stacking the deck. He pulled up Hoyer after the first quarter of the first game. Didn't give him a fair shot. Ryan Mallett is a horse manure. <laughs> He's got a good arm. Yeah, unfortunately, he doesn't have a brain <laughs> or a watch, for what that is, matter. What does is, what is Brian Hoyer have exactly? I don't know. He's, he's overachieved two years me, in a row. Don't even tell me Brian Hoyer's gotten moxie. <laughs> I don't want to hear that from you. <laughs> and those misties did a better job than Brian Hartline and those Mr. Hero ads. <laughs> well, that's setting the bar low. But uh, in looking at this here, I, I'm going to eschew any kind of statistical look or anything like that. <laughs> I just don't see the Patriots dumping this one. Oh here. boy, That's, uh, you're, you're you're dangerous. You're treading on. They're going to cover. 
They're, they're going to they're win. They're going to cover. I don't even like the Patriots. I, I keep saying every summer, I wish somebody, you know, Bozo Choke likes to wear that garbage bag for weight loss as he's watching, you know, the team in training Best coach camp. in the league. I'd like to see somebody douse that train, uh, that uh, garbage bag in kerosene and light it on fire. That's but a hideous thing to say. It doesn't mean that I won't take him here. Uh, give me the Patriots. Look, I, I get where you're coming from. Uh, the Patriots have not lost three games in a row since that 2 season. That's right. Where they didn't make the playoffs, lost a tiebreaker to the Browns. Yeah. Wow. I'm going to tell you something, though. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm right. But I'm going with the Houston Texans as my final recommendation this week. Wow. Road favorites were 7-1 and one last week. I believe, and since I'm actually going with the Giants are a road favorite, very rare for me. Gotta think a home dog's gonna cover this week, and it's gonna be Houston. I liked it a lot better when it was three and a half. I'll tell you that much. But I think a lot of the Patriots' issues are not cured. This is not the New England of early in the season that you're betting on, Ricky. And everybody is with you, taking that mentality that they're gonna bounce back. They're like next to Detroit. They're the most lopsided betted team of the week. Houston's playing well. Um, you know, I thought that it's a bit of a phony final score last week against Buffalo. Granted, it's a phony final score for the Patriots as well against Philadelphia. I am not deni- I am not ready to deny the Houston Texans their destiny of the AFC South Championship. I'm this New is- England, I think I think we I think we were too quick to gift New England like a 15 and 1 record. This is a team, remember early when we did the preseason show, yeah. we were saying eh, 11 and 5, 12 and 4, there's some metrics that go against them. Those things are rearing their head, man. Let me ask you, this is dangerous for me to do off the top of my head to ask you this, because I may be remembering this completely wrong. But aren't you the same guy? Yeah, I ripped a couple the weeks ago. In the year. Yeah, that said, you know, really? We're giving the Texans this much respect? Really? So, that, so yeah, that was you saying that. Okay, I did remember that correctly. Okay. But you don't stand by that at this point. Hey, you know me, I'm a flip flopper. <laughs> well, I. I've seen your voting pattern in presidential elections. I can believe that. Oh, so. I never flip flop there. I mean. <laughs> no, you just vote for flip flappers. Oh. Up next, in my big three, it's the 7 and 5 Seahawks. I was only 16 and 96. I didn't <laughs> vote for that guy. At the 4 and 8 Ravens, 1 o'clock Eastern time from MT Bank Stadium in Baltimore on Fox. Brenneman Davis and Siragusa on the call for Fox. And this is a game where. Seattle is laying six points up from three and a half. Only available initially. one book as we kind of contemplate what's going on, as the books contemplate what's going on with uh, the Baltimore quarterback situation. At best, it's going to be Matt Schaub, though, which is not good. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, are, are we living in a world where anybody seriously thinks that matters? Like, which shade of brown poop we're going to get at quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens at this point? Uh, as long as it's not Joe Flacco, it's not anybody that should move the line one millimeter one way or the other. And, and again, just looking at the macro here, Seattle, you saw it last week. Again, I respect Minnesota more than you do. That to that's me, been that, established. That's every that game is. It, I think that game is more so about where Seattle's at right now than where Minnesota's at. And I just think we're going to see more of that as the month goes on. We're going to see the, the, you know, in true jobber style, we're about to see the Cleveland Browns get fed to the Seahawks this month. We're going to see more of that. In the meantime. Yeah, I know it's a 1 o'clock game. They're going out east. Uh, I don't care. The fact that we're debating whether it's going to be Matt Schaub or or some other replacement-level dickhead off the street here against the Legion of Boom that is now getting reconstituted. They've dominated the bad quarterbacks on the schedule. Yeah, and Russell Wilson, have you seen what he's been doing recently against this Baltimore defense? 
everything I'm saying, I realize. People can sit out there and say that it sounds so simplistic. Don't give a crap. Give me Seattle in the six points. I don't like that pick. Okay. I don't like it. All right. I'm not recommending Baltimore because of the fact that... Oh, but that not the Stones to go on Baltimore, though. Well, okay. I don't know who their quarterback is, and I only see one line. Oh, oh, like if it was somebody on the level of uh, Spurgeon win, you'd go on Baltimore. Well, they'd be giving me more points then, is what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't I don't play by your rules. I'm going to wait till all the lines are out. I'm going to wait to see what's going on. I'll tell you what. I'm, kinda, I'm, looking, at, I'm looking at this game. If you gave me more points, I'd cons- if you gave me a full touchdown, I'd consider Baltimore in this I, spot. I think you're BSing me that there's a quarterback in the league that could get you more points than Matt Schaub after what we've seen out of him. I think you're BSing me on that. Let a tremendous win on Monday night against your Cleveland Browns. He is <laughs> against the Browns, a guy who barely beat the Browns. Enough said. So that's my uh, second pick. Now for my 1,000-star Gold-plated lock of the millennium for NFL Week 14. Two road favorites so far. <laughs> well, you don't say. My lock pick uh, won last week. It is, uh, regrettably, just 6-7 and seven for the year. But uh, this is where we start to see a little bit more continuing positive change here. And we come to a game where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are hosting the New Orleans Saints. This is a battle in the uh not quite yet vaunted nfc south but uh, a little bit more vaunted than three of the four teams are going to improve their win total we thought that might happen this year yeah yeah that is the case how about tampa bay by the way remember when i called for nine wins and that looked real stupid early in the year right that's right yeah they're what are they six and six now i they are they're six and six the the saints coming in are four and eight i I don't take them enough either i went against them last week this is something i'm going to look at in the off season here i have a sense off the top of my head that we've seen more lengthy either win streaks or five out of sevens or whatever, win streaks and losing streaks than in years past. It seems to be a streak year season. Well, Kansas City's another team we wrote off early on. A look at them. But uh, the Bucks are up to six and six. This game is 1 o'clock Eastern time, Raymond James Stadium in Tampa on Fox. Dick Stockton, who we referenced before, David Deal and Christina Pink are on the call. And Tampa Bay is laying three and a half in this one, up from two and a half initially. And many times my lock pick is just the one that I glance at and it jumps off the page at me the most. This was almost a why-ask-why. We're at a point where the Saints are getting the level of respect. You took the Saints, by the way, last week. I did. did And they were covered. I did. That was in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, though, we should I did, but, yeah, they were were getting a lot of points. They were against uh, Carolina in a spot where I thought they were due to step on their Johnsons. I don't think any such thing in this game here. Uh, The the, the Bucs have been playing uh, very, very good football here. Again, Mm. defensively sort of like what i said before with cincinnati and pittsburgh i see the difference there primarily as being defensively and i think that's where it comes into play here in this game here uh the saints yeah anytime you lose rob ryan it's addition by subtraction i've been saying that for years but it doesn't make you good their defense is really bad doesn't make you good they're a little less putrid without rob ryan it's not enough against tampa bay give me tampa bay in my lock pick to roll 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 Certainly more than the three and a half points. I don't like it. Okay. Uh, I'll tell you what I do like, though, is Tampa Bay's remaining schedule. New Orleans at St. Louis, Chicago home at Carolina. Carolina may be resting starters in that game. Could be. Tampa Bay could actually, which I thought after. When they got killed by Tennessee in that first game, I was like, well, they're not winning nine games this year. That was stupid. You think they could backdoor Minnesota, gravy train them at the end? No. Okay. No, because I I don't see them, like, sweeping these four games. Too big a hole? I don't see them sweeping these four games. Uh, I just don't like laying points with them yet. I like it like as an underdog, they're okay. Like they were getting good. Um, I, I just I don't like them 
I guess I just don't have that mental block. You know, it's like I, I think they are where they are. I, you know me. I'm just I'm just far more averse to favorites than you sure. are. So right. I just think that they haven't really been dominant. Like, they beat Dallas by four, Atlanta by four, Atlanta by three. Um, they killed Philadelphia, obviously. Right. It was a laid-on effort by the Eagles, but I don't know. But at the same time, like, they, they also beat New Orleans uh, close in New Orleans earlier in the year. That was kind of the start of the Saints' turnaround. And, yep. Um, you know, really, this, or pardon me, the Bucks turnaround. The Saints haven't been the same since. I don't know. New Orleans will have a couple get-well games when they host Detroit and Jacks over the next two weeks. They probably won't win here. Um, although an alarming amount of money line bets have come in on the Saints in this game, which is odd. That's kind of strange. It makes me think that this could be like a field goal game. I really think this could be a field goal game that goes the Bucks' way. I don't like this game. This was a game I. It's, it's funny well, that, that would you piss me off. It's funny that it's that you said that this one jumped right out at you. Yeah. To me, this one jumped right out at me to scratch it and not to play. See, I, I just think it's. I think it's given the Saints too much respect right now. I, I think given where they are, given where the Bucks are at this point in time, I, I think it's more of a chasm between the two teams. Right here, and again, I wouldn't have believed that about Tampa Bay in the positive sense uh, a couple months ago. But uh, this is where we are. We're in December, and they're looking pretty good at this point in time here. So it's funny, even with your noted aversion to favorites, you got four of them this week. You Did got I? Carolina, Cleveland, Carolina. Saint- I thought you said Carolina. No, I have Atlanta. Oh, oh you have it. Oh, oh, well, that's, uh, I marked it down on the wrong side. I have, interrupt, I have to interrupt you a 20th time? That's outstanding. The hell would make me take Carolina. Oh, my God, that's outstanding. All right, you have, all right so you have three favorites, St. Louis, Cleveland, pick and the Giants. Okay. Well, I got two. it as minus one. Well, I'm not We'll let you go your line. All right. Let's <laughs> we'll see what happens. I, I, I do the generous thing with you here. And, uh, <laughs> Thank you. We go uh, Atlanta. Of you. <laughs> Atlanta. Noblesse oblige. Yeah. Uh, Atlanta, San Diego, Houston, and Oakland. Yes, so you those have are four my dogs. Yes. So three favorites. Ooh, those, four that's dogs. a real ugly list, isn't it? Boy? That really, really is. My, my list is a lot prettier. Uh, Seattle and New England, the Super Bowl teams from a year ago. And my lock pick being Tampa Bay. Who had the first pick in the draft this past May. Yes. So, so from, uh, from one extreme to the other, from the 31st and 32nd picks to the first pick so it uh it should be very very interesting to see how this shakes out and uh again uh it's been a good season for us here a good week last week i'm confident in another strong week for our picks kyle ross i hope so although we did go against each other on one so there can only be one winner (laughs) two men enter one man walks out We'll find out who. We'll break it all down for you in our Week 15 preview next week. Enjoy the Week 14 games, everybody. As we bring the show to a close, we would like to extend our deepest gratitude to NBC, CBS, ABC, Fox, All Clear Channel Affiliates, TNT, TBS, USA, UPN, Deadspin.com, YouTube.com, YTMND.com, MySpace.com, various blogs, Fox News, CNN, CNBC, MSNBC, IamBoard.com, Billboard.com, Google.com, ESPN, ESPN2, ESPN News, ESPN Classic, NBA TV, NFL Network, Sports Time Ohio, Athlon Magazine, Comedy Central, Cartoon Network, The Boomerang Channel, QVC, BET, The Spice Channel, Steno Notebooks, Manwich, Papermate Office Supplies, Waitresses, Strippers, Bartenders, Garbage Men, Janitors, Microwave Popcorn, The Writers of The Office, Scrubs, Entourage, My Name is Earl, Oz, Metalocalypse and the Boondocks, Aquafina, and The Periodic Table of Elements. 